I know we've hit some of these things before, but the thing that's just been really on my heart is our confession about ourselves, about our family, maybe about our church, maybe about our town, about who we are. And, you know, the in Christ position is so important to us to know the in Christ, who we are in Christ. And so as I was just prepping for this through the week, I was looking at how how do we see ourselves? Do we see, are we looking at ourselves the same way God does? Are we looking at ourselves that way? Are we looking at ourselves um, and talking about ourselves the way he does? So I wanted to look at some of those scripture verses. But first of all, you know, you have to get to that in Christ position. And a lot of people, a lot of the church don't know or have not understood who they are in Christ. And like I said, we've talked about this before. But for me, I need to hear it. I need to hear it more than one time and I need to hear it on a regular basis so that we are, we are lining our mouth up with what God has said. And if we line our mouth up with God, what God has said, then it will come to pass. Correct? Yeah. That's right. Okay, so let's, um, and I was going to hold, I don't have it right now, but if I had, if I had, a, you know, you see the published clearinghouse, they, they give out 7000 a week, you know, <laughs> give all, all of that money, there's always something you can win. I don't do any of that, but if I had this winning ticket up here, how many of you would climb over your friends or people you're sitting by to get to that winning ticket? Wouldn't that be important? Oh, <laughs> nobody's saying, yeah. Yeah, if I had a winning ticket to get you $10 million, wouldn't you try to be the first one up here? Well, do you know what? We have that already in in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have everything we need in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have everything. Amen? And so um, let's look at Philippians 4, please. Philippians 4, just to verify that we do have that, or that's what he said in his word, 419. And I've, I've got a lot of scripture verses, so we'll probably try to hustle here. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now, he's saying all your needs, is that right? He's not going to just meet one need over here and not this one. But he's going to supply all your needs in Christ Jesus. You see that? If you uh, got your Bible and you want to underline, underline in Christ, in Christ Jesus. The in Christ scriptures always tell something about you or what you have been given or who you are, how God sees you. And so the in Christ, you know, I, I've told you this before, but Dick and I went through the whole New Testament and underlined and pulled out all of the in Christ positions in him, in whom, by him, through him, pull all of those out. And so we do have that in a packet. I don't know if there's very many of them back there on the wall, but but see, it, it's in Christ that in Christ that all of our needs are met. It doesn't matter what it is. It's in Christ all of our needs are met. And it's not, it's always right now. It's not, we don't have to wait for it to happen. If he said healing belongs to you, healing was provided for you in Christ right now. Right now. It's yours right now. Amen? And so we don't have to wait for that. I mean, it's a promise, but the promise, it's, it's, it's right now. The promise is right now. We already have it. We already have it. 
We already have all of the fruit of the Spirit. We have already have everything met in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let's look at Galatians 2.20, please. And we'll, we'll hit another couple of scripture verses on that other one in just a minute. But Galatians 2.20. I need to read my notes. I get over there and then all of a sudden it's in the Amplified. Galatians 2.20. In the Amplified it says, I have been crucified. That's you. I have been crucified with Christ. You were nailed to the cross. And if you want to memorize a scripture verse, this could be the one for the week to memorize. I'm crucified with Christ. Amen. I have been, past tense, you've already been crucified with Christ. In him, that's in him, okay? I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ the Messiah lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith by adherence to and reliance on and complete trust in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So we have been crucified with Christ. That's That means you've been nailed to the cross at the same time he was crucified. So everything that all sin, all sickness, all disease was nailed to the cross at the same time. It was taken from you. You don't have it, right? Right? You don't have it. See, our mind wants to go, beep. Oh, that doesn't make sense at all. That doesn't make sense at all. How can that be? How can that be? How can that be? We're so programmed to think that that um, we get this and we got to go to the doctor. We need to do that. We don't first go to Jesus and say, what can you do for me? What have you already done? I believe I received that healing. Amen. I receive it. See, it's resident within you. Healing is resident within you. I could stand here and say this for the next hour. Healing is in you already. Life is in you. If you've accepted Jesus as Lord, the life of God is in you. Healing is in you. You don't have to strive to get it. You just yield to it. You just receive it. You just commanded to manifest so when i pray for people i don't i don't god if you will would you please heal them i don't do that i command it to manifest i command it to manifest healing and life to flow in jesus name okay okay galatians 2:20. i think i read I'm, it's in the amplified but let me read what i got down here i'm partaking of his life and i shared in his crucifixion I shared in his crucifixion. Amen. If we don't have Jesus, this would be something you could write down because I know everybody in here is born again. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have life. Who said that? Jeff. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have life. So everybody has, everybody, everybody has life resident within them. So when I go to pray for somebody, I impart Life to them. You'll hear me say that. Life flow in Jesus' name. I impart life. And I command healing to manifest. Okay? So so life flow. Because the life of God is resident within us the minute we get born again. Okay? Um, and as I was prepping for this, the Lord said something interesting to me. He said that that people that don't have life, they're just zombies walking around. You know, just zombies 
walking around. And I I don't pay too much attention to zombies. I thought, Lord, that's a little harsh, isn't it? But when when he went to look it up or look up the definitions, a person who is or appears lifeless, apathetic, or completely unresponsive to their surroundings. I couldn't help but think, isn't that part? Isn't that kind of where the body of Christ is right now? Apathetic to the things of God. Apathetic. Not not um, not responsive to what God is trying to tell them. And and it's not their. I'm not going to say it's their fault. Um, if they have a personal relationship with the Lordship of Jesus, a personal relationship. If they spend time with him, they're going to be hungry and they're going to they're going to be searching for truth. They're going to go looking for truth and they're going to find truth if they spend time with him or if they spend time in worship or if they spend time in prayer. Amen. Okay. So anyway, I was surprised that the Lord talking about if you don't have Jesus, you're a zombie. Anyway, okay, Acts 17, or Acts, yes, yeah, 1728, please turn there. And you'll just see here that he is the source, Jesus is the source of life. Acts 17, mm-hmm. 1728. For in him, again, Mark, you're in him. Um, Let's see. I think I'll just read that. That could start. It starts right in the middle of something. But for in him we live and move and exist, as even some of your own poets have said, for we also are his offspring. So in him we live and move and have our being. You know, I used to do that song in worship, but in him we live and we move and we have our being. So, so if I go over here and I'm, I'm gonna, Extend, shake hands with Josh. It's in him I live and move and have my being. So Jesus is shaking hands with Josh. Amen? Jesus is shaking hands. <laughs> you. Anyway, um, so, so in him we live and move and have our being. So wherever we're going, we're in him, we're moving, and we're having our being. Wherever we go, wherever we go, we're in him. We're in him. Unless you unless you're in an area of sin, then you're not in him. You've got to get back into a right standing position with him. You repent quickly to do that. And so if you want to be in a right standing position with him, you need to repent and you need to walk in that in Christ position. Amen. So you move, you live and you move in him. In him. In him. So you're always living and moving in him. Always. Always. I always have that foremost in my thinking. I mean, that, you know, that's why I was so quick to respond to that lady. Are you born again? You know, because that's what God's out doing. That's what he's doing. He's trying to pull them in. He wants them to know the truth about Jesus. There's so much um, fake stuff. There's so much mystery around Jesus. Oh, he lives way up there. And how am I ever going to reach him? You know, I can cry out in prayer, but I don't know that my prayers are going anywhere. Well, I'm back to baloney again. Our prayers, our prayers are always going somewhere when we call out to Him. Amen? Amen. Okay, so, um, Acts 17, 18. We live and move and have our being. Jesus is the source of our life. 
He is the source of our life. I'm just um, just listening for a minute because it is so good to know that in Him we can live and exist and move and have our being. And He's in us, like it said in that Galatian scripture verse, I'm in Him and He's in me. Amen? Just think about that. I mean, I'm in Him and He's in me. If you meditated on that, you'd walk in so much power and knowledge. You'd, you'd spin around, you'd just run out the door and go start ministering to people on the street. Amen? <laughs> Josh, I, I expected you to do that, but you didn't, so. <laughs> Josh, run out. Anyway, um, so I want, I want, how do we share in the crucifixion and make sure that we have that life of God? I think this is a good salvation message. So if you want to write these scripture verses down, you can do that because this is, this is something you should have under your belt. This is a, this is a do you know scripture verse. Do you know? Do you know that Jesus paid the price for your healing? Do you know? that you are born again. Do you know? Do you know what to say when you encounter somebody in, in, in the Salvation Army? Do you know? Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. So we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth. So if you don't believe in your heart, then it, and you encounter somebody, it's just head knowledge. They're not born again. They can't maybe say the words, but if they're doing it out of a head knowledge thing, it's a believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. It's the same way the healing works. By Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. If I believe in my heart that Jesus bore my sick, the sickness and disease on the cross, then I believe in my heart that I'm going to confess with my mouth, I'm healed. Correct? That's what that word salvation there means. It means prosperity. It means healing. It means hope. It means freedom from fear. It means freedom from all addictions. Exactly. Because you believed in your heart, you confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and it's gone. You're delivered. You're set free. You're healed. You're made whole. So the, the, where we get in the problem is we start doubting. We start doubting. And um, let's look at Mark 11, please. That's where we get in trouble. We start second-guessing. We start, start, that, start doubting. Did that surprise you when I said if people make a head decision that they're not born again? that surprise anybody? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, there are those that will... You know, and, and that's why I always, I always, if they say they're born again, I always do something about it anyway. I always have them repeat after me if I'm going to minister to them with something. Okay, so Mark 11, 23, we'll just read 23. It says, Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it shall be granted him does not doubt in his heart. So that's where we get in trouble. We start doubting in our heart. Well, I don't know if I really got my healing. I still have some pain in my body. Or did he give, didn't he say in his word, he'd give the beloved sweet sleep? If we doubt that, are we going to have that sweet sleep? 
We, we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. We believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that we have beloved sleep. We are his beloved. You understand that? We are his beloved. We belong to him. He loves us and I love him. That's where when I was saying last week, we minister to him and he ministers to us. And that's what Kim was sharing. She was receiving instruction last Wednesday night. And um, I mean, it's just such a blessing just to sit in his presence and know that he's going to instruct you in whatever you need to change. He's going to instruct you. Because see, he, he doesn't want you to stay in the same spot. He wants you to go from glory to glory and then from faith to faith. He wants you to keep moving in the things of God. He's not gonna, he's not gonna let you sit still. You may think you're gonna sit still by not obeying what he's saying, but he's not gonna let you come at it from a different direction or he'll remind you that you haven't done what you said you were gonna do. And he'll just keep working with you because he loves us and he has the very best for us. Amen? Amen. Okay, so Mark eleven twenty three. And this is the confession. This is okay, Mark eleven twenty three. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, there's the confession part, be taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it shall be granted him. It shall be granted him. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth and you speak it out. It doesn't matter how many times you have to speak it out, but you don't ever doubt and then you don't ever get in agreement with the doubt and speak out doubt. You know, you may, you may have a thought that comes, but you know what to do with the thoughts. We, we've talked about the cast down every imagination, everything that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. You cast that down. You don't listen to the thoughts. It's the thoughts that come, and then, then after you've meditated on the wrong thoughts, then the actions come. We need to meditate on the right things, and then the right things come. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we, we meditate on the right things, not the wrong things. And what we meditate on will come out of our mouth. It will. So you can locate yourself a lot by what comes out of your mouth. Okay, let's look at Second Corinthians, please. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, then how did we get in Christ? Do you remember what I said? How did we get in Christ? I've talked this before. But how did we get in Christ? Therefore, if any man is in Christ, we believe in a heart and confess with our mouth, and we are we get we move into an in Christ position. In Christ, see, just pretend there's a box here. In Christ we live and move and have our being as we yield it to him in everything we do and everything we say. We are in Christ all the time, or we should be. (laughs) We should be in Christ all the time. Amen? We should be in Christ all the time. You know, and I've told you what to do. If If you say the wrong thing or if you act wrong, there's no condemnation, but just straighten it up. Just say, Lord, I'm sorry. I, I ask you to forgive me for the words I've spoken. I ask you to forgive me for the actions. I repent of that. I ask you to cleanse me and forgive me in Jesus' name. Receive the cleansing. That, that I have found in the years that I've ministered to people. The forgiveness is good, but the cleansing is just as important. Receive the cleansing in Jesus' name. Amen? Okay, so... Um, 
So that's, see, that's where that confession is. Now, second, second Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. You're a brand new species, a brand new being. Old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. So see, when you accept Jesus as Lord, the new things come. If you try to talk to God about the old sin, the old things you did in the past, he's not going to know what you're talking about. He won't know. Because see, you have been set free from that. It's been wiped away in the death, burial, and resurrection. You've been nailed to the cross and he took it from you. It's not yours anymore. It's not yours anymore. No, it sh- nor should it ever be yours anymore. And if the devil wants to drag you back into the past, what are we going to do about it? Oh, yeah, I'll go. I'll go. No. <laughs> that was Carmen, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remind him of his future. You know, he hasn't got any future. And I know that makes him nervous, you know. And it makes him nervous when we're doing things like we did yesterday and like the guys went out on the street and did. And that makes him nervous. He don't, he doesn't like that. He doesn't like that at all. And so, so when, whenever, when he wants to drag you back into the past, he said, no, I've been forgiven. I'm set free. You don't have a place to take me. <laughs> oh, did that rhyme? I think it did. <laughs> anyway, so that, so, so we don't, we don't, we are the righteousness. We're going to get to that. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, and everybody in here is in Christ. Everybody has accepted Jesus as Lord because they believed in their heart and they confessed with their mouth. Amen? So if you haven't done that or if you did a mind thing about it, you're not born again. If you did a mind thing about it, you're not born again. Jesus can't help you either till you get yourself right with him. He's going to try to work with you and get you to a place of repentance, but you need to get yourself right with the Lord. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. And there is an immediate change when you've asked Jesus as Lord. Immediate. Not everything maybe will disappear, but, you know, for me, the cussing and the swearing left right away. You know, so some things will leave right away, some things will not. Now, all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So God reconciled us to God through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. When we become a new creature, new creature, new species, new new being. Verse 20, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were entreating through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. See, and then we've been given, verse 21, no, let's see, wait, verse 19, did I skip that? Uh, Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So each one of you in here has that ministry of reconciliation. It's your job to bring people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And when you do that, you're reconciling that person back to God. Yeah, because of what because of the what Adam did, everybody needs to be reconciled back to God. Amen. Okay, so then uh, verse twenty. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were entreating through us. 
we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Verse 21 is that in Christ's position then, he made him, who's him here? Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We become the righteousness of God in him because we've accepted Jesus as Lord. And so then we move into that in Christ position, okay? In Christ position. Um, let's look at, I, I have a, a, a list of scripture verses here of how God sees us in that in Christ position. And if you could, I mean, you can underline them or you can write them down real quick, but let's, we're going to go through them. It's uh, Romans 8, 37, first of all. And I want you to underline if you have your Bible or write them down and go back and do it so that, that you can use these scripture verses as a confession. And um, Romans 8, 37, just a minute here. Okay. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. What's the in Christ part there? Through him. Through him. So what does that make us? How does God see us then? What? More than conquerors. Yeah. God looks down and he sees you as more than a conqueror. Do you see yourself that way? In every situation, do you see yourself as more than a conqueror? If you don't, that would be a good one to confess. Because you believe in your heart that I am more than a conqueror. I'm going to agree with what God said and I'm going to confess it with my mouth. And as you do that, as you do that, I said that twice. It's important. As you do that, the three times, as you do that, oh man, that's four. It must be really important. As you do that confession, as you do that confession, that is going to be so important that, that then you're going to start walking in that. That will be the first thing that pops into your, in, in the first thing that comes rising up out of you the minute you're, you're in a situation that looks like you're not a conqueror. You make, you might making sense? That will be the first thing that will, you'll hear, I am an overcomer. I am more than a conqueror. Amen? That's who we are. That's who we are. Okay? Okay, let's look at First uh, Peter 2.9, please. First Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. You are. That's who we are. We're a chosen race. Do you see yourself as a king and queen? A chosen race, royalty. Do you see yourself as royalty? Yep. In him you are. Amen? In him. Okay, let's look at um, right next door to Second Peter, please. 1, chapter 1, 3 and 4. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Remember, we were talking about that, only we looked at it somewhere else. Through the true knowledge, through, underlying through, through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Okay? 
through the true knowledge of him. So we, uh, we have, have everything granted to us that pertains to life and godliness. Okay, let's look at, um, uh, and of course we already looked at, at 2 Corinthians 5.17 where the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Let's look at Ephesians 2, Ephesians 2 please. Ephesians 2.6. And uh, we're just going to start in, in the middle of this. And raised us up with him. Who were who we raised up with? Jesus. Raised us up with Jesus and seated us with him in the heavenly places. What's that last part? In Christ Jesus. Again, we're in that in Christ position. He's raised us up with Jesus and sat him at the right hand of God the Father. Remember we talked about the right hand. The right hand is his, um, means authority. And so if you're sitting at the right hand of God the Father, which is where you are, you're seated in heavenly places spiritually. Now I know I see all of you sitting here right now. But you're all spiritually seated with him in heavenly places. So if you're seated with him in heavenly places, then your feet is under who? Your feet. No, wait. Who's under your feet? <laughs> yeah, right, right. So if we're seated together with him in heavenly places, we carry the uh, authority, and he and the enemy and the situation makes us more than a conqueror, but it's under our feet. Amen? Amen? Okay, so we have that. Because of what? Why can we say that? We're in Christ. That's our in Christ position. Yes, amen. Okay, Um and then verse 10, just same chapter, chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. So God knows the works that we're going to walk in, but we got to be in that in Christ position. Are you understanding that that way? Yeah. Okay, so um, Galatians 3. Let's look at Galatians 3, please. Trying to not flips to my pages and I'm jumping around myself. Um, Galatians 3.26 For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. I'm a daughter and you guys are all sons. Well, no, you're sons and daughters. But in Christ Jesus. Amen? I'm his. I'm his child. And if I'm his child, doesn't he want to take care of his children? Doesn't he want to meet the needs of his children? Every one of them? Every one of them. Yes. Amen. Um, Second Corinthians, please. Just back up a little bit. Second Corinthians 2. Sorry, too fast. I can give them to you later if you don't. <laughs> 2.14. I appreciate you writing these down. That, that's encouraging. 2 Corinthians 2.14. But thanks be to God who always leads us in his triumph in Christ. Thanks be to God who always leads us in his triumph and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. And the reason he can manifest that sweet aroma in every place is because we are in that in Christ position, right? In Christ, in Christ, in Christ. So so our, our confession could be here. 
I'm, God always leads me in triumph because I am in Him. Amen? Always leads me in triumph. Always. Now, sometimes it may not look like it is. You're being led. But if you're being obedient to what He tells you to do, then you're being led in triumph. Amen? Okay, so um, Romans 8. Back up just a little bit more. Romans 8, 1. 8 1. 8 1. Okay, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Do you see the relevance, the importance of having that in Christ position or being in that in Christ position? There's no condemnation in that. Remember last week we talked about the difference between conviction and condemnation. Condemnation is from who? Huh? Yeah, the devil. He wants to condemn you, and he wants to, in doing that, he leads you away from God. God, yeah, in Christ, yeah, yeah. So there, there it says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. Amen? So the devil wants to come and make you feel guilty and beat you up and you should have and I, why didn't you and maybe this and maybe that. And you can say, hey, huh, there's no condemnation here. God didn't, I am, I'm in Christ and there is no condemnation. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's look at, um, let's look at, uh, hmm. Let's look at, let's just, um, let's say this confession, I guess, is what we'll, we'll do. Um, uh, again, we were talking about believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. Not only that Jesus is Lord, but we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that by his stripes we are healed. We believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that he does always lead us in triumph. We believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that uh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth. You understand what you need to do? And so, so say this, why don't you? I am, I am. what God says I am. I have what God says I have. I can do what God says I can do. I am what God says I am. I have what God says I have. I can do what God says I can do. See, and we looked up a lot of scriptures, a lot more scripture verses than that, that tell you who you are, what you have, and what you can do, and what you, you know, shouldn't be doing. But anyway, there's a lot of scripture verses that you can still go and get yourself and find out and just go through that whole that whole uh, New Testament, well, you want to start with epistles. And it's basically epistles where you should primarily spend your time anyway because that's instruction to the church. The Gospels are, are, are fine because they give you more understanding about Jesus, but you know his disciples didn't know any of the stuff that the church can find out in the epistles. You know what I'm saying? And so, so, and I'm not saying you can't go spend time in the Old Testament. There's a lot of type and shadow there where we can learn from. But the epistles is instruction to the church. It's really important. 
Okay? And you know what I mean by the epistles? Yeah, and everything after the God. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yeah. And so we want to spend time there. And, and that's where you're going to find your in Christ position. Um, so the more you confess, like uh, I'm always led in triumph, and the more you can confess some of those things, the more real it is going to become to you. And the, when it becomes more real, then you're going to start walking in it and declaring it before anything ever really um there's ever a need. And then, you know, the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. So as we confess the right things, we're laying the groundwork for the right steps to be taken. Does that make sense? So I always walk in triumph. When I say I always walk in triumph, God's going to lay the steps for me to walk in triumph. doesn't mean I'm not going to have to resist a demonic influence or break the power of something or make, change my confess, confession in midstream. But it does, it does lay down the foundation or the steps for me to walk in the right path. Rather than me confessing that, oh, I got lots of pain in my body today or me confessing this and that. What kind of a foundation is that laying? Amen? Amen? It's laying a foundation for the pain to increase is what it does. That makes sense? Yeah. So we, 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 we watch our confession. Um, if you miss it, like I said, there's no condemnation. Just repent and ask the Lord to forgive you and get your words saying the right going the right way. Everybody understand? Okay. Okay. You know, another good confession is I am God's workmanship. Because so many of us have experienced hurts and wounds in our life. Sometimes before we ever came out of the womb, there was rejection. And you as a child or you as a child experienced rejection and then that just compounded through the years as you come into circumstances and situations. And and so, so when we start confessing, I am his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. That dispels all of that hurt. It starts causing you to look at who you are and how special I am and how special you are and how he's not made any junk that I am his workmanship. And if I am his workmanship, then there's good things for me to do. I've got good things for me to share. God is is um, for me and not against me. Amen? And so much of the body of Christ is hurt or wounded or rejected, um, discouraged, disappointed, and they don't know what to do about that. And so we as we as the body know that some of those things come because of the, the words they keep saying to themselves. I'm no good. I, I can't do anything right. You know, people that, yeah, you know, we'll say some of those things. Amen? Amen. Father God, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you, Father, that they're not only hearers, but they're doers of the word as well. And that, Father, um, they hear your word and put it to action, put it to work immediately in Jesus' name. We just thank you, Father, that you divinely protect them as they go, surround them with your love and your peace and your joy. And that, Father, um, you, you always are always with them, reminding them of their place and their position 
and they're blessed, and they're prospering in everything they do. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.